Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Every Thursday, I work at our soup kitchen here at Calvary St. George's, and there's this older man who comes every day, essentially, and he's like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He's polite, he's nice, he always says the food is so very good. All the ladies who work uh, at the Thursday shift, they all think he is the most attractive guy who comes. Um, But one day I was scrolling through my Facebook news feed, and I see my friend, I see every Thursday. And I had to do a double take, it was just the wrong context, but there he was, right there on Facebook. A friend of mine from a different city had shared this little blurb of his. I don't know if you remember, it was really popular a couple of years ago, the Humans of New York Facebook page, and people would just share that left and right. Um, and so my friend from Pittsburgh had shared this story about someone I see all the time in our soup kitchen. And so I took a look at this picture, and I read the little blurb, and I'm going to read that little blurb for you today, but I'm going to warn you that this blurb is more like something I would get when someone's telling me their confession, or when they call me at midnight on a weekday. I know something's really up. So with that warning in place, this is what I read, and I was just totally blown away. Again, nicest guy, but this is his story. My wife committed suicide a week prior to our 30th anniversary. Our oldest daughter had died of leukemia a couple years earlier, Holly took it extra hard. We drifted apart. We'd parse our words. Nothing was natural anymore. Do we talk this way? Do we laugh at this moment? Do we even have a right to laugh? But I still thought we were doing okay. Things weren't like they used to be, but I still thought things were okay. We rented a hotel room for our 30th anniversary. I was supposed to meet her there after work. She overdosed on pills before I got there. I don't know why she did it that way. She said in her note that she wasn't angry, but I still don't know why she did it that way. I fell apart. I started drinking a lot and doing cocaine. I lost my job. One day I was giving a presentation after being up all night on drugs, and I just started hallucinating. I thought one of the clients was Holly, I stopped the presentation and started calling her name. The company was nice about it. They gave me a nice severance package. But I gave all the money to my kids. I've been on the streets ever since. It's been eight years. My kids have tried to give me the money back, but I won't take it. I ride the subways at night. If it's warm enough, I sleep on a bench. I read a little. I write a little. I go to the soup line in the morning. I'm just existing. I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good father. And now I'm doing penance. Now, I'm sorry to make you all really sad. Or if you're not sad, at least I made my own self depressed after reading that. Maybe it's appropriate for this really gloomy day after two really nice ones. But I had this knowledge of my friend who I see all the time. And I just, I couldn't not let him know that I knew this thing. 
uh, about him. So I try to, in the, the most tactful way, just say, hey, I saw this story about you. And he just kind of stared at me for a good, like, five to ten seconds before he said, maybe we'll talk about it one day, Rev. Now, again, I don't bring up this story to make you depressed. I bring up this story because our gospel text that we just read is all about healing and forgiveness. And here is a man who just can't bring himself to forgive himself. Last week, we read that the disciples had locked themselves behind closed doors for fear of those who had killed their Lord and their friend. They were afraid we might be next. But biblical scholars also argue that they were probably locking themselves behind closed doors for fear of Jesus. If you remember, uh, the way it works in all times and in all places, the women are the first ones to see Jesus. They come and tell the male disciples, and then the male disciples write it off, and they say, these are idle tales of hysterical women. Can't be true. We know that dead men do not rise. But then right after that, as we continue to read on, the two followers of Jesus, not the 12 disciples, not one of the 12, but two followers of Jesus, they are on their way to Emmaus, and the risen Lord appears to them. And so they run all the way back to the disciples and say, we have seen the Lord. Nevertheless, the disciples are still locked behind closed doors. Why do you think that they were locked behind closed doors? Well, if we can put ourselves back, during Holy Week, right, we inhabited that space. We went back in our minds to Good Friday, to Holy Saturday, to Easter Sunday. But if we can put ourselves back to where the disciples were behind those locked doors, why might they be afraid? Well, the last thing that each and every one of them had done was abandon him, deny him, betray him. They left him when he needed them the absolute most. The only ones who stuck around were the women and John. The others, they had abandoned their master and their friend. So they have every right to be afraid. But like last week, if you remember, Jay emphasized this. Jesus says three times, peace be with you. This is a Hebrew literary device. You read the Old Testament, this happens all over the place. When something's repeated, when something's purposely redundant, it is essentially saying, I really, really mean this. Peace be with you. And here we have it again in our text today. Peace be with you. Now, if you're familiar with the, with the scriptures, with the Old Testament, and this is in the New as well, you'll remember that whenever an angel or a messenger of the Lord comes to a prophet or comes to just anyone, what are their first words? Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Angels are obviously very much unlike the popular image of angels, uh, like babies on clouds. In the scriptures, angels are intimidating, frightening figures. And their first words, do not fear. Sounds an awful lot like Jesus here. Peace be with you. Only in Jesus' case, unlike the angels, Jesus has every reason to have a beef with them. We just listed it. Abandonment. Denial. Betrayal. 
Maybe you've experienced that. Your hour of greatest need and a friend is not there for you. Jesus' first words are, peace be with you. Although he has every right to have a beef with them, he does not come with a sword. He does not even come with penance. If you're reading closely, right, they're locked behind closed doors. They have not moved towards him at all. There has been no repentance that's taken place. Think back to that original couple in the garden. They've disobeyed the Lord. They've taken of the fruit. And what is the first thing that they do? They run and hide. Here, the disciples, they've abandoned Jesus. They're hiding away. Do you see the connections the author's making? They're not moving towards Jesus. Jesus has moved towards them. They've had no time, or no, they've had time, but they have not gotten their act together. Jesus has moved toward them and said, peace be with you. I come in peace. Don't be afraid. I have forgiven you. Now, maybe you're like me and you've hurt people in your life. Maybe you've hurt people who are very close to you. Maybe you have real guilt. And some of these people who you've hurt and I have hurt will never forgive you. And others who have, but you just have a hard time forgiving yourself. And maybe you have that hard time forgiving yourself because you've been in churches where forgiveness is pretty cheap. It's actually just, it's cheap in our society too. Someone wrongs you, what do you say in response? It's nothing, or it's okay. We don't even say, you're forgiven. The scriptures make clear that betrayal, abandonment, when you have been hurt, this, a real injustice has been done. It's not okay. And maybe that's why you're having trouble forgiving yourself. But remember, the Lord God, the God-man, Jesus of Nazareth, he has experienced that betrayal, that abandonment, that denial, and his words are, peace be with you. And now, those are his words to you and I here today. Now, maybe you're like some friends of mine, and it's going to take a really long time for this to sink in. That's why every single Sunday we do the confession and the absolution. We're nailing it into your heads so hard through repetition and habit that you're going to get it one of these days. I'm going to get it one of these days. That's also why we preach this radical gospel every single week. So whether you get it today after the sermon or whether it's going to take some time, remember, maybe let it be your mantra, our Lord's first words to those who were his good friends, who let him down, were peace be with you. You have been forgiven. Or maybe you're like my friend at the soup kitchen who's experienced real pain and suffering in his life. But if you are listening closely to the story that I read, you'll recognize he has nothing to to be forgiven. These were things out of his control. His daughter dying of leukemia. His wife taking her own life. In our lives, there is real guilt and there is false guilt. Whatever your guilt may be, 
Jesus' first words to people like you, me, and my friend at the soup kitchen is peace be with you. Despite everything, I have forgiven you. And as we let that sink into our lives and inhabit our very existence, that is what is going to have the transforming power to help us forgive those who have wronged us. My friends, Jesus does not come with a sword. Jesus does not come with penance. Jesus comes and he says, peace be with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.